Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church in the Valley. Uh, we are really glad that you guys are all here this morning. Uh, like Barry mentioned, we are launching a new message series called The Functional Team today. And the idea is really to kind of give a behind the scenes look, like Barry mentioned, of, of where we're headed and how we get there and, and really what we're all about as a church and if this is your first time here at Church in the Valley, uh, this message series is a little bit different. It's like coming to a store for the first time and then kind of taking you behind the scenes and showing you all the different intricacies of what makes their business a business. And today, over the next four weeks, we're going to be starting looking at what makes us a church and what are we going after and, and how are we working together to accomplish what God has given us to accomplish. And so uh, as you may come and you're trying to figure out who we are, this is a great opportunity for you to really see the nuts and bolts of what we are all about. And so we're really glad that each of you are here. We're going to spend, uh, like I mentioned, the next four weeks really kind of defining uh, what we're going after. Uh, if you are here, I just want to let you know the last eight weeks or so, we've been spending time looking at really what life is all about and kind of boiling it down to the purpose of life, the meaning of it all. And we ended last week in light of death, in light of the short life we live. It's really about fearing God and obeying him, fearing God and keeping his commands. And so this series is really an idea of, OK, if fearing God and keeping his commands is all kind of what life is about, then, then what do we do? And so we hope this will be kind of a practical extension of where we have left off. And so uh, we're going to be on a journey together. And it really begins with what it's all about, the big picture. And I don't know if you've ever been kind of fired up about something in your life that you've given yourself to and it kind of consumed your mind and your time and your actions and everything you wanted to do was about that one thing. Uh, for some, it could be sports, it could be learning and education, uh, it could be music. For me, at a young age, when I was in seventh grade, I decided that I wanted to be the greatest drummer that I could be. I got exposed to music and just music just and playing drums became kind of the focal point of my life. Uh, it was what I wanted to kind of give my time to, time to practicing, time to researching drums. And I remember in eighth grade, I got my first drum set for $65 at a garage sale. If you could imagine $65, how does that even work? How could you get a drum set that cheap? And I'll say, well, you get what you pay for. It was literally worse than pots and pans I could have gotten for free in my home kitchen. But I was so fired up, I got my first drum set and I began practicing every day. And through the course of high school, I realized, like, okay, this is what I really want to do with my life. I want to play drums. And when I'm done playing drums, I want to play them some more. And this was kind of my, my passion in life, was I want to be a drummer. Now, I want to do a little uh, throwback picture of why this is true. That, that's me. In 10th grade, and I grew a beard today just so you recognize, like, I have grown up. Will drum for food. That was my mantra. Problem is, I, didn't ha I, I had plenty of food to eat, but if nothing else, I would drum to get more. That was, that was my life. And I began practicing, and in high school, I was part of three bands and playing every week, and this was kind of, it was consuming to me. And then when I was 16 years old, I had the opportunity to go on tour with a band. And some of you have heard this story, but if you're a 16-year-old teenage boy and somebody comes to you and say, Hey, have you ever thought about going on tour with a rock and roll band? You know what your answer is? 
I've been waiting for you. That's your answer. Yes, I have thought of it and here I am. I'm ready. And at the age of 16, I had the opportunity to go to the state of Missouri with a band to tour over the summer. And the idea was, you can tour, us, tour with us over the summer, you can go back to school for your senior year, and then you could be in the band full time. And it was like, all of a sudden, you know, I'd been in high school, and I knew, okay, you got to graduate, and then your life begins. But I was starting to see this picture of, okay, well, this band, I have, and I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to graduate high school, and I'm going to be able to be in this band. And who knows what my life would hold, but it's going to be on the road, touring with a band. And my parents, you know, that was the hurdle, like what my parents think. Now I'm 16 and I'm going with this band that they didn't know, really. And I was going to a state where they weren't. And I just thought, OK, this is this is going to be crazy. But maybe this it's all going to work out. And so I went to my parents and said, hey, what would you guys think if I went on tour with a band? And guess what, mom and dad? They're a Christian band. Added bonus. They love God. Can I go to Missouri? And my parents, to like my surprise, said, Sure, let's do a little research, but I think that will work out. And so finished my junior year of high school, soon as summer hit, packed up all my drums, packed my bags, and I flew to Missouri. And what happened next is really kind of when my mission in life and this idea of drumming being my everything, it kind of came crumbling down. I began practicing with the band, beginning to kind of get ready for the tour, and it was like we were in two different places. We were playing, and it was like... I wasn't able to play with them and they weren't able to play with me. And all of a sudden I thought like, uh oh, something is wrong. It's, it's not working. And my dream and everything I'd seen, all of a sudden I just got the sense like, this isn't right. I'm not supposed to be here. We, we, we can't even play together. And it wasn't like it was difficult songs. It was just like evident that something was happening and, and it wasn't working. And so I began to think, okay, what, what's happening? Why, why isn't this working out? Why is, are we not gelling? Why is this not feeling like we're a band? You know, I had this picture in my head and it was starting to dissolve and I was starting to kind of question, uh-oh, I'm a weekend and it already seems strange. It already, it already seems weird. So I had my first band meeting. So you want to be in the band, but when you have your first band meeting, that's like, you know, you check that off. Tour, band meeting, check. Problem was this band meeting started with, Alex, I don't think this is going to work out. And I was all alone, waiting for my family spent money to fly there, packed up all my drums, and I just burst into tears. Don't feel sorry for me. The story continues. I just cried and I thought, oh my goodness, I thought the same thing, but I didn't say that. I was heartbroken. My dream had kind of dissolved and I realized like, this wasn't it. And for the first time in my life, I began asking the question, okay, I knew what I wanted for my life and that was to play drums and that was to be in a band, to be a rock and roll star. You know, I set the bar really low. I wanted to be a star. And it didn't work. It didn't work out. God shut that door, literally. And for the first time in my life, I changed the question around for what do I want my life to be about to what does God want my life to be about. And for the first time when I was 16, I said, God, I don't know why I'm here, but I'll do whatever you want me to do. And it was like I, I sensed just this idea coming into my head. And it wasn't the voice of God. It was nothing I heard audible. But it was this statement. Alex, whatever you do and wherever you go, I want you to serve me. And for the first time in my life, I realized like I had a choice in my life. Is it going to be wherever I go and whatever I do, serving the God who created me? 
or going my own way. If it's not drums, is it a career? If it's not a career, is it a family? Is it success? Whatever it is. And it was like God just drew this line in the sand at the age of 16 for me. And I had a choice. Which way was I going to go? And I decided at that point that I, I really wanted to go God's way. And it wasn't the beginning of this beautiful spiritual journey. It was actually the beginning of re- me really trying to make that work with still what I wanted to do. And God repeatedly over kind of the next two years showed me that I still was more interested in my purposes than God's. And I was still more interested in my own fame than his name. And over the course of that time of two years from about 16 to 18, I realized that I had an idea about serving God that didn't match the reality of serving God. With my words, I wanted to do it. With my life, I didn't. And at that moment, kind of when I just realized I was done getting beat up by life and trying to fit God into my plans, I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm done. And at my freshman year of college, I realized, like, I actually want to do this in a real way. I want to follow you. And from that moment, some things changed in my life where I realized the choice of serving God and living for him is a daily choice. It's a choice of surrender. It's a choice of making his ways and his agenda more important than my ways and my agenda. And for each of us, we each have that choice. And today we're talking about kind of God's mission for all of us. And like I mentioned at the beginning, we each kind of have some things that we're really uh, into, whether it's music like me or whether it's uh, a job or whether it's our family or whether it's our kids, whatever it is, there's stuff that really consumes our mind that the thought of losing it seems like we would lose kind of our direction in life. The reason that is we're, we're all made to be on mission for something. We're all made to actually live for something more than ourselves. That's how God made us. But what I've found in my own life and in the life of countless others, there's a sense in which we all have to decide whose mission are we going to live for. And the thing is, our mission, it really brings focus Knowing your mission, it brings focus to your life. It lets you know where you're headed. That's why we all want it. We, we don't want to just be kind of wandering around haphazardly. We want a mission in life. We want to know kind of what life's all about. Because then we can focus it. And what you find is, when you have a mission, it also helps determine the direction that you go. So the mission brings focus, but it also it brings us this sense of, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be going. This is the direction of my life. And that's why we all long for it. We kind of want to know, okay, if I give myself to this thing, if I give myself to this person, if I give myself to this cause, this will cause me to go down a path that's going to get me to a direction I really want to go. And I want my life to count for something. That's how God made us. But for each of us, we have a choice. What will our mission be? And I've learned again and again, any time that I put my mission, in front of the mission that God has for me, it does not go well. So today we're going to be talking, if if our mission really determines the direction of our life, then it's also true that our mission determines the direction of our church. Because our church is made up of a group of people. And the group of people were headed in a certain direction. In the scriptures, you get a sense that the church, the group of people that God puts together to accomplish his purposes, actually have to have A purpose to accomplish. There's a reason that Jesus came. There's a reason that the church was started. There's a reason that every Sunday across the world and every week people gather in the name of Jesus 
to do certain things. And that's what we're going to be looking at. What is it that we're supposed to be doing? And so I want to just give you kind of the backdrop of the mission of Church in the Valley that also is really the mission of each of our lives. And it's the mission found in Scripture. In short, the mission in Scripture is really to love God and love people. That's it. Our life is made to love God and love people. And the idea of love, it, it is more than a feeling. It is more than an idea. It actually propels us to make certain choices that impact our life. And love impacts the lives of others. And love is really God's idea. I think there's a sense in the back of our mind that we've kind of seen in the culture and we've seen in our own lives how love really does make a difference. And we all can kind of buy into that. Like, love can change the world. Love is all you need. There's a sense of like, it really does change people, circumstances. What you find in the scripture is love is actually God's idea. That is who he is. And so when we love him and when we love others, we are actually at the tip of being able to change the world. It begins with that mission to love him and to love others. So today I want to unpack that a little bit. And to do that, I actually want to dig in to the life of a man named Paul in the scriptures. Now, we've talked a lot about Paul over this last year. And part of it is Paul was a missionary who really his mission in life before he committed his life to Christ, before he decided to follow Jesus, was to actually kind of squash the Christian church, to persecute Christians. He saw this movement of the Christ followers, the people that followed Jesus, and he did not want it to continue. He didn't want it to, to kind of grow. And so his mission in life was to kind of squelch it. And what happened is God got a hold of his life and realized you should not be persecuting or trying to stop this movement. In fact, I want your life to be about extending this movement beyond. And so his life was about, after that, after he converted and became a Christ follower, his life was about how do I help the church grow? How do I lead people to Christ? How do I love God and how do I love people? And the story of Acts, if you've never read Acts, is a great picture of his life and the life of the early church and how things got started. And so if, if you've never read the book of Acts, I encourage you this week, the next couple of weeks or the next month, read that book and kind of see how the mission got started in the early church and see how the begin of the flame of Christianity began to kind of spark and spread throughout the world. And Paul, we're going to talk about today, was a big part of that. And he shared some thoughts about the mission, which I think gives some great perspective of why each of us should choose to make it the mission of our own life. And he describes it really like, given all the choices in my life, given all that I've experienced, this, this is what I want my, my life to be about. And I want to start in Acts chapter 20. And he's writing, he's saying, And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonments and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. 
He's saying, I've been given a mission, and it's been given by God himself, found in the Holy Spirit. When you commit your life to Christ, and we talk about making him boss, when you do that for the first time, the Holy Spirit enters your life. The Holy Spirit is part of the triune God, the Father God, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enters your life, and you begin to get the power of God that changes your actions, that changes your thinking, and it compels you to do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. And as a follower of Christ, your goal is to always try to obey the Spirit of God and obey God than to follow our own desires, the things that may take us away from doing what God wants. So Paul's saying the mission to love God and to love people, the mission to help people figure out and discover the grace of God is put in me by the Spirit of God. It's something that I have not manufactured myself. It's something that I cannot have power in myself. It's something that I receive from the Lord. He is the one that propels me forward to the mission. And I just want to unpack this a little bit and talk about what Paul shares in this book, in the book of Acts, related to loving God and loving people. The first is, loving God, it really calls us away from comfort and convenience. As a church... We can't exist to be comfortable, and we can't exist for convenience. The mission is something that we trump and should trump all of our decisions and all that we do. There's a priority that Paul is saying. And you find that in verse 22, second part in 23. I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, knowing not what will happen to me there. He's saying the future is unknown. He doesn't know what he's getting into. He doesn't know what the outcome will be. It, he can't predict it. It doesn't fit in his calendar. He's saying, I'm, I'm compelled. I, I want to move forward. I want to do what God wants me to do. Why? Because the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonments and afflictions await. There's a sense of, I'm going to lay it all on the line. It's going to cost me. So if you want to be a part of something that's greater than yourself, it begins with understanding that it will cost you. Following Jesus is not comfortable and it's not convenient. And Paul's saying, but yet the Spirit of God leads me. This is what I want to do. This is what my life is about. It's not going to fit with my own pre-known plans, but I want to give myself to something bigger. And then he goes on in 24. Loving God also allows him to trust God with his whole life. And he says, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. I think that's one of the greatest statements you can read in the scriptures. The reason you do the mission that God has given us is because our life in itself to enjoy and just do what we want, it's not worth it. Solomon testified to that. It's not worth it. Paul is saying that I can sacrifice my life and through the sacrifice of my life and through the time that I devote to doing the things that make God happy and for the people that I invest in, to draw them to God, that is how I multiply the impact of my life. It's not just for enjoyment. It's not just for happiness. It's not just for pleasure. You get the sense of his life is God's and God can use it however he wants. So Paul's describing this is how 
Following Jesus makes a difference. This is how people will see that God is real. People that are willing to lay their life on the altar and give it to God. It's yours. Here it is. It's yours. This is what Paul's saying. Now take it. This is the guy that wanted to squash the church. This is the guy that didn't believe it was real. This is the guy that thought, these Christians, what are they saying? What are they thinking? What are they doing? Everything that they stand for. That doesn't make sense. That can't make a difference. And God got a hold of him. God changed his life. In a way, he he squashed the dreams that he had. What he thought his life was going to count for, God said, no, your life can count for something so much greater. And that's what happens with all of us. It's a sense in which we realize the mission and the things that we hold really dear, we have to be willing to give up for the sake of the mission of God. That's what loving God is. And he goes on in a different part of Acts, and he, and he shares what loving people looks like. And I just want to briefly walk through that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week when we talk about how we treat each other. And how we treat each other makes such a difference. And that's what loving people is. We treat each other out of love. And we're going to unpack that in some practical ways. How do I love people? But he starts and he gives us the sense of loving people. It begins with you're compelled to share the good news of God's grace. And he says this in verse 24b. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. The grace of God. Grace is is unmerited favor. It's this idea of there's nothing that I've done or can do that can earn favor from God. There's nothing I can do that, that I'll be okay. But grace is saying, despite what you've done, God gives you a gift of salvation. He saves us from going our own way. Paul keeps talking about this idea of the race, completing the race. Well, each of us, we have our own racetrack. It's called our life. And we determine what the track looks like, the pace we want to go, how we're going to run it, who we're going to run it with. It's our course. And sin is really this idea. We've we've created our own life, how we want to live it. We want to do it our own way. We don't want anyone to tell us, especially not God, what we need to do to change, what we need to do to actually live life his way. That's what sin is. We want to live in our own race, running it the way we want, by ourselves, to please ourselves. And I make choices based on that, and you make choices based on that. That's the picture of sin, my own way. But the grace of God, despite the fact that we've kind of cut people off, and we've cut God off, and we have this own race for ourselves, the grace of God allows us to enter into a new course, a new race. And this race is far greater than the one that we've tried to establish ourselves. It actually has the destination that we long for. A life of meaning, a life of purpose. And Paul is saying, the grace of God pulls us from our own way and allows us to go God's way, despite what we've done. Despite the sin, despite the attitude, despite our past, despite the choices we've made, where we've missed the mark and we've screwed up. 
He's saying, I have to share with people that despite the things that are weighing in on them, on the race that they're running, despite the fact that they don't want to finish this race, despite the fact that they've done all these things that disqualify them, the grace of God gives a new destination. It gives a new direction. Loving people means I want to share that with them. I want to share that with them. Because we've all missed the mark. But not everyone knows that in God and through His grace, they can have a fresh start. That's the good news. All of us can have a fresh start when we choose to do life God's way. Paul's saying this is, this is what it's about. I want to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So he's compelled It's what he wakes up thinking. It's what he goes to bed thinking. It's what he spends his day doing. Testifying to the gospel of the grace of God. The fact that we can all have a fresh start. And loving people also means not only am I willing to share that with people, but that I invest in people. That I actually show that people really do matter. People matter. And he says this in the verses before the ones I've just read. This is in verse 18 of chapter 20. He says, And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know, this is Paul speaking, how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you Anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to to house, testifying both to Jews and to the Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying, here's what my life is. I want to make it about loving God. I want to pursue his mission. I want to give everything in me to his mission. But the good news is, since the mission is to love God and love others, we don't love God and squash people. We don't love God and ignore people. We don't love God and just do our own thing. We love God and we love people because we love God. It's His love that He wants us to extend to others. This is what Paul's saying. I've lived among you. I've been where you are. The pain you felt, I felt. Your concerns have become my concerns. You get the sense, even the trials that he faced, the hardships, the persecution, the people that were coming after him, he did not hesitate to be in the midst of the people that needed the love of God, the people that needed the grace of God. Because he loved them. He was invested in them. To the point of tears and the trouble that he faced. And again, he points back to the mission. Because he wants people to repent and turn toward God and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we're all going our own way. What Paul's saying is, we can't just let people go their own way without telling them that there is another direction. It's kind of the picture simply, if, if you know the directions to somewhere and someone is lost, would you tell them? Now, I've shared many times how I am directionally challenged. I get lost a lot. 
But more than maps and more than kind of my own sense of where's north, because I never know where north is, follow the mountains. Oh, there's smog. What do I do? You know, I get lost a lot. But the best thing I can always do is if I stop and I ask somebody, where do I go from here? I say, well, you head north. No, 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 no. There's a street right there. Do I turn right or left on that street? Yeah, then you turn south. No, 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 no. When I get to that other street, do I turn right or left? To people, and they lay down the directions, and they say, this is how you turn. This is where you go. This is the marker that you'll see. I get to where I need to go. In real simple terms related to directions, we need people. It helps us. It gives us a sense of where to go. It's the same thing in life. Paul's saying people are lost. They don't know God's plan for them. They have their mission and they think that's it. Could be the American dream. It could be happiness. It could be success. People, that's what they, they just, that's what they think it's all about. I'm here. I'm not sure why I'm here. I'm going to live my life as long as I'm happy and I treat people right. That's all there is, right? No, there's so much more. There's so much purpose. There's so much meaning. And Paul's saying, we have to point people back towards the God who created them. He knows the reason for which you are made. He brings the clarity. He brings the mission, which provides the focus which impacts our direction. He's saying, God has loved me. My life needs to be about loving Him and loving people. And this is the life Paul lived. And you see again and again, if you've never read the Scriptures much, you see again and again people that are willing to lay their life down for the mission. And many times we tend to think it in terms of life and death. And actually, Paul died for the mission. He died for the mission. He did. And many people in the church, the early church, died for the mission. But for us, a lot of times, especially in the United States, it's not actually dying for the mission that God calls us to. It's actually living for the mission. Because most of us aren't going to be persecuted here to the point of death. I thank God for that. But if we're not persecuted to the point of death, then what are we doing with our life? That's what Paul's saying. Regardless of the trials, regardless of the trouble, will my life be about advancing the mission of God? I want to shift gears and I want to share with you our Church in the Valley mission statement specifically. In case you woke up this morning and you're like, I wonder what Church in the Valley mission statement is. That's what you woke up thinking. You get it. It's on the back page of your, your handout, your listening guide. And I just want to read it because this is how we have applied loving God and loving people. Church in the Valley, to know, love, and glorify God and be used by Him to help unchurched people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ and help create churches and other ministries that do the same. It begins with to know, love, and glorify God. Magnifying His name. The brightest light needs to be on his name. It's about God. It's about his mission. It's about his power that he gives to us to advance it. And the advancing of his mission 
doesn't mean we go around people. doesn't mean we step on people. It actually means we love people. And we want to help people that are running their own race to discover there's a whole new course of life that is opened up when you follow Jesus. That's our mission. We want to help people come to know Jesus Christ and follow Him and live for Him. That's what we're, that's what we're about. Today's message is called Mission Possible. And some of you may have seen the movies Mission Impossible. Maybe even few of you may have seen the TV show back in the day. But there was a show, Mission Impossible, and it was about an agent that was given a mission and it was kind of against all odds. There's no way it can be completed, but they always are able to do it. And that's why it's called Mission Impossible, although there's a possibility. But there's a statement in that mission, which is, this is your mission should you choose to accept it. Okay? And then, you know, in the movies at least, it'll be like, this will self-destruct in three seconds. So you have to decide in three. Are you going to do it? Because it's going to blow up. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? And yeah, because it's a really short movie. It's like, eh, I'm not going to do the mission. And then the credits roll. You know, you need a refund, right? But it's a choice. Are you going to do it? And it's the same for us. Whether you have committed your life to Christ or you haven't, you still have to decide each day, are you going to live on mission? And if you haven't committed your life to Christ, it really begins with this understanding that you really do want to live life God's way, not your own. And you may be kind of trying to evaluate that. And you may be trying to figure out, well, I don't know if I really want to do that. And you need to take time to, to, to think through that. And God may be speaking to you. And there may be a sense in which you just need to decide, I need to follow Christ. Or maybe you have some questions. You need to kind of begin to investigate. You need to get some answers. But take the time to kind of figure out what mission are you living for. But for Christ followers, if you've already decided that, you still have to every day choose. This is my mission if I choose to accept it. It's really kind of the, the lens and through in, in which we look at life. What does loving God look like? What does loving people look like? As I'm driving to work, as I'm at work, when I come home, as I relate to my kids, when I'm out and about and I'm relating to people, what does that look like? And sometimes love, this idea of love, it, it can become so vague. But this idea of what Paul's saying, well, it means that I, I actually need to invest in people. And I need to share with people the grace of God. Which means I need to get to know people that don't know the grace of God. Which means I need to actually make time in my schedule to get to know people that don't know the grace of God so I can share the grace of God with the people that don't know it. I have to think about it during the week because I can't get it in my schedule if I don't think about it. Right? So you see it just, this is, just practically, this is what it looks like. It has to be on kind of the forefront of what we're thinking. But again and again, if you're like me, there's a sense in which the mission, what we're going after, the big, this is what it's all about, it gets lost from the day to day, from our responsibilities, from the stresses of life. It gets lost. But this mission, this is like the North Star. It guides us. It should be always what we know. This is where I'm headed. This is my focus. This is my direction. This is where I want to go. God helps us. And no matter where you are, if you feel like, well, I don't really live on mission. And I, I struggle with that. God meets you where you are. We have to pray that God will give us a heart 
to want to love people, to want to love Him, and to make choices based on that. But as a church, this is where we're headed. This is what we want to be about. This is the reason our church was started two years ago. It wasn't just so we could meet in another place, in another city. It was actually so people like yourself could come and hear about the grace of God. And as you hear about the grace of God and you experience the grace of God and you live by the grace of God, you can share the grace of God with others as well. Who can experience it, taste it, live it and share it and experience it, taste it and live it and share it. That's that's how Christianity spreads. People that experience the new course, the new way, the new life and who want to share it with others. And it should direct all that we do. But I want to close out with just kind of a question. Whose mission are you going to live for? Is it about you? Or is it about my own mission? Is it about the mission of your family? Is it about the mission of your work, your success? Whatever it is. Whose mission are you going to live for? I want to play a brief song that I think highlights a lot of the pull we all have. Let's uh, watch this and listen to it and then I'll talk about it briefly. Give it another 30 seconds. This video is not working, but you can still hear the lyrics. King Kong banging on your chest You could beat the world You could beat the war You could talk the guy Go banging on his door You can throw your hands up You can beat the clock You can move a mountain You can break rocks You could be a master Don't wait for luck Dedicate yourself And you go find yourself I don't know if you could pick up on the words, but the idea is standing in the Hall of Fame where everyone knows your name. There's a line there. It's like class. You can be King Kong banging on your chest. Come on, guys. We feel that. That is standing in the Hall of Fame where everybody knows your name. And I apologize. That's going to be stuck in your head for like two days. But the lyrics are basically like you can go banging on God's door. You can... Bang on your chest. You can win. You can be in the hall of fame. 
Life's Hall of Fame. As I was listening to those lyrics, it's like, well, who decides Life's Hall of Fame? Who decides that? I don't think any human can know that, right? So the answer is, well, then, then God's probably in control of the lives that counted and the lives that didn't. The idea is, well, is it about my name and my hall of fame, or is it about God's name, making him known? And that's the choice each of us make. There's this pull in us where the hall of fame, it's like, oh man, I, I really want to do this. I want it to be about me. We all feel that. That's the pull of sin. But the mission of God allows us, in spite of the pull and in spite of the things, selfishness and kind of wanting to make it about us, there's a sense in which we can live beyond our own life. We can actually live for things that go on into eternity. And that, that's people. People go on into eternity. And as we love and invest in people, we give them not only a new life, or God gives them not only a new life, but they get a new eternity with Him. So there's just a few question, questions that I was just thinking about myself. What, what's my life all about? Um, what's holding me back from accepting the mission that God's given me? And then what, what, what's the main thing that, that competes with this mission? A loving, loving God, loving people. What, what's competing? Is it worry? Is it fear? Not knowing how everything's going to work out. Is it just weakness, laziness, like I can't do it? Is it skepticism, like I'm not sure this really is what I want to live for? All those questions and all those things, that, that's what we have to deal with. Because that's at the core of living for God's mission or not. And so I want to encourage you just to ask those questions. As I wrap up, I want to ask you to pull out your connection card. And there's just three next steps that you can take today. Or if there's another one you want to take each week, we... Give some next steps as some kind of practical ways that you can apply what we've been talking about. And the band's going to come and get in place to lead us for the next song. But if you could pull that out and mark a next step, um, just as your way of saying, okay, here I am and here's something that I can do. And maybe you want to memorize uh, the scripture there that we shared in, in Acts. Uh, maybe you just need to attend the rest of the series. You kind of want to hear more about, okay, what does living on mission look like in the relationships? How do I get apart and... How do I do that with a group of people? And then third is maybe you just need to kind of think, what, what is, you need to think, what, what's competing? Is there anything that's kind of, when it comes down to it, that's kind of causing me to not live for God's mission? So I encourage you to kind of wrestle with that and, and think through that. And I, I want to invite you back just as we talk the next three weeks some more. We want to really kind of give this picture of this is what we can be a part of. So I encourage you to come back. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for really the mission that you've given us. And we cannot manufacture it ourselves and we did not come up with it. But as we live it and as we actually live our life to love you and to love others, it really does, does open up a new life, a new course. And I thank you for that. God, help us just to kind of evaluate, is there anything that's competing with your mission for us? God, give us your power and your courage. I know for myself, I, I just, I live in fear a lot. Just fear of knowing what will happen and what people will say. But God, you've given me 
the grace, and you've given Christ followers the, the grace, the difference that, that you make. So God, help us to just want to share that with people. So we ask for your help in this. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.